everybody, it's James Lindsay. You're listening to New Discourses Bullets, in which I cover one topic relevant to woke Marxism and defeating it that I think we need to know. In this episode, I am going to talk about a model of people, five different types of people. Now, this isn't meant to be an exhaustive model. This isn't meant to be the definitive model of human beings or anything like that. But it is a model where the idea is that in some sense, especially where kind of a movement or collection of movements might be concerned, you can kind of identify five different types of people that are involved in it in one way or another, or five different relational modes to that movement. And that's what I want to talk about. Uh, to put my cards on the table, I am deriving this or adapting what I'm giving you from a talk I recently listened to from Charles Eisenstein. So you can look up his work if you're interested. I don't know, but he referenced in his remarks that he uh, is into the uh, philosopher René Girard, uh, who is into kind of the way that, I guess, memes work in a sense. Not exactly that, um, but the word's escaping me. So uh, you have to deal with my post-COVID verbal recall struggles for the moment and look up René Girard on your own. So anyway, I want to talk about this model of kind of five relational modes to what might be a movement. And just to put them out real quick, there are these five types, and I'll, I'll define them afterwards so I can just name them. There are ringleaders, there are strivers, there are normies, there are doubters, and there are rebels. Okay, so the ringleaders are the people who are actually driving the agenda, directing the agenda, probably making the agenda. Um, they're the ones who are also pointing out who the enemies are. Uh, those people think the wrong way. These people are problematic, etc. So the ringleaders are the people who are organizing the movement itself and that have um, operational goals. Usually they benefit themselves. They are typically people, whether intentionally or organically, for good reasons or for bad, maybe it's just pettiness, who like to kind of be on top of the pile and they like to get other people to reinforce that for them. So you can see how it would attract narcissists, sociopaths, and and psychopaths who are very frequently going to end up being ringleaders in movements. Now, the strivers are characterized by something of a lack of scruples um, and kind of a trichotomy. People asked me a number of years ago why uh, the Republican Party doesn't seem able to resist woke things. And we talked this out and kind of came up with a model that there are basically three types of politicians in the Republican Party the feckless, the clueless, and the corrupt. So there are people who don't know what they're talking about. They're clueless. They don't know what's going on. There are people who have no courage whatsoever. They're feckless. And then there are people who are bought off or complicit and they're corrupt. The strivers are the corrupt group. They are lacking in scruples. So what they're doing is reading the wind and they're saying, hey, look, the ringleaders are creating an opportunity They're building a world. I want to be on top in that world, and they pile on. So if the ringleaders say, hey, those people are problematic, they pile on and start saying, you're problematic. If the ringleaders say, hey, we're doing this, this is our movement, we're going to go, and they stick the flag in the ground, the strivers follow because they're basically looking to maximize their utility. They're looking for the best deal, and they're going to take it. In, In the words of somebody who I actually heard say this at a conference one time, we were at an education conference, and we were talking uh, about the woke and its infiltration into uh, pr- premier or prestigious private schools, kind of the elite tier private schools that tend to serve Ivy League universities. And this fellow said to me privately, 
you know, I agree with what you've said about the woke and its problems, but the problem is, is I think that basically they've won and I don't really care what the world is going to be. I just want to make sure my kid comes out on top of it. That's the mentality in the striver class. Now, the thing is that the strivers where the ringleaders create and direct the agenda, the strivers actually fulfill the agenda. The ringleaders don't have the power to fulfill the agenda for themselves. The strivers do it. So the game for the ringleaders is to incentivize the strivers to become part of their program, to follow their agenda and to actualize their agenda, to so-called do the work, to actualize their agenda. In other words, in the language of, of kind of false realities or pseudo realities or second realities that we hear about with kind of Gnostic cults, um, the, the ringleaders create the false reality, the pseudo reality, and construct the incentive structure that strivers will pursue. Meanwhile, they construct the ideologies around that, or the false narratives, if you will, around that um, false reality, that second reality they've created, in order to mystify that third group, the normies. And so the ringleader's job with the strivers is to convince the strivers that going along with the agenda is the best deal they can possibly have. They might do this with carrots and sticks. For example, they might say, there's a big change coming. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. So to try to do something different would be a bad deal. If you go along with us, well, that's going to be really good for you. If you resist us, it's going to be really bad for you. If you dither, we're going to have to get you out of the way. And so they create an incentive structure with carrots and sticks that convince strivers that their best deal with their lack of scruples is to follow this new agenda. That should feel very familiar with the ESG, Sustainable Development Goal, kind of program. But you will also see it in reaction movements where the reaction movement says something like, this is a disaster. There's only one way out. We all have to adopt this policy now. And everybody who's against us is a fake Republican, is a closet woke, or whatever happens to be the thing. So the ringleaders are creating the false, re the false reality and the narratives that incentivize the strivers and mystify the normies. Now, normies are low information. They, they may or may not have scruples that's irrelevant. They are low information. They are actually low engagement participants in this. They're the clueless category in terms of clueless, feckless, and corrupt. It's not necessarily that they're bad people. It's that they're not paying attention, maybe for good reasons and maybe for bad reasons. And maybe they don't want to pay attention. And so what the ringleaders have to do is convince the normies that the deal that they're pushing, the agenda that they're pushing is just the right thing to do, that it's not that bad, or in fact, that it's a positive good in some other way than the system that we have now. And since they're low information, they prey upon the fact that it's a low information situation and that they can easily mystify these people into supporting something. They aren't the people who move the agenda. They're the people who are hiding underneath the agenda to give it a consensus that it's the right thing to do. So the ringleader's goal with the normies is to mystify the normies into thinking that, it, that the agenda is the, is the right thing to do. And they do that by generating false consensus or even what the Marxists called false consciousness or mystification. They actually are doing information operations to mystify the normies into thinking that it is usually the morally right thing to do, although they might have, you know, low resolution logic involved. But most normies are not that involved. They care more about their social environment. They care more about the boat that they're in not being rocked. And they're just kind of looking around as Eisenstein had it. They're just kind of looking around and seeing 
you know, what, what do most people say? What do most people think? Okay, well, that's what we're doing. That's what we're going to go along with. It reminds me of this guy on, on, on a plane I talked to one time where he said to me that, you know, they're electrifying all cars and he doesn't really think it's necessarily a great idea. But he, as he said, they're ju- this is just what they're doing and we just kind of have to go along with it. He's just seeing what he's, he's not pushing it. He's not a striver. He's just accepting it. Um, without very much understanding of what's going on or why. So those three categories are the, the first three categories are the ones who are actually making the agenda go. The other two doubters and rebels are against the agenda. The ringleaders set the agenda and they're the ones putting out all of the narratives, etc., to incentivize the strivers, push the strivers, attract the strivers, activate the strivers. Those are your activists. Those are going to be the people who have low scruples and are caught up in it and to mystify and maybe even attract some normies into the circuit to grow the cult around the ringleaders personality cult or um, philosophical cult. Now, the fourth group is the doubters. These are the feckless people. These are the people that lack courage. And what I mean is they doubt the agenda and maybe even they doubt the ringleaders and they suspect the strivers. And maybe they're frustrated with the low information aspect of the normies. They think everybody else is stupid and that they've woken up, but they're not going to say anything because that would be terrible. So the job that the ringleaders have with regard to the doubters is to scare the crap out of them. They have to think all the time that they stand to lose virtually everything if they dare to speak up about what they think and what they know. They normally do this by occasionally picking a doubter whose doubts became known and absolutely crushing them. Cancel culture, for example. Or by making examples out of rebels who truly stand up. And so the goal with the doubters is to make sure that they never voice their doubts. And the reason is because the rebels, who are relatively small in number, much like the ringleaders are relatively small in number, the rebels are actually at tremendous risk by speaking up, by standing up and fighting back, because that's obviously what the rebels are. They're the people fighting back. Um, they often maybe lack in social graces or better sense or something like this, but the rebels are the ones who are at the highest risk. And if they're relatively small in number, they're easy to crush, they're easy to stop, they're easy to ignore, and they're easy to make examples of. And those examples come back to the doubters. So it turns out that the first person in, in, in a movement who stands up and says no, or against a movement to stand up and say no, has a lot of courage, but he's not the most courageous person in the room. The most courageous person is the person who stands up second. So the first most courageous person is the second person who stands up. The second most courageous person is the first person who stands up, or maybe the third, because the ringleaders operate with the rebels through an iron fist. Literally, in in Mao's cult, the rebels were considered enemies of the state, enemies of the people, and the people were mobilized in literal hate campaigns, literally teaching them to be viscerally hated. The Soviets did the same thing with the Kulaks. The, the Nazis did the same thing with, with the Jews. They are literally hated, although Jews technically weren't exactly rebels in that story. I don't want to confuse things with, with these. But you get the idea of this relentless attacking and scapegoating. Uh, but the, the goal is, like I said, to crush the rebels and to keep the doubters silent. Because if the doubters were to start speaking up, every single doubter who starts speaking up, every single person who says... I admire what you do, but I could never stand up and say it myself. If they started saying it, 
the liability pool for the rebels gets more diffused. In other words, it gets every single doubter who speaks up, makes it safer for every rebel and every other possible doubter to stand up. This is why cowardice and courage are both contagious. So the thing is with doubters is that they doubt the agenda. They often doubt the ringleaders. They also sometimes will start to suspect the strivers, but they don't dare call them out because they have no courage. And we hear that there's this crisis of courage, blah, blah, blah. They're the silent majority. And if they would stop being silent, we would have a majority against the agenda. A lot of these agendas are actually extraordinarily unpopular. There are good estimates suggesting that 90% of the population is not in favor of most of the woke stuff and would not go as far as the full blast sustainability agenda if they understood it, if they knew what it was. The strivers are profiting off of it and the ringleaders are making sure they will and making it be pushed. Um, what we need then are doubters who are willing to speak up, which turns them into rebels. And what we, need, in other words, they've been infused with courage. And we, we we need normies who've been infused with information, so that they literally can pick a side. Just pick a side. I would say that they should join the rebellion, and I think most of them will. That's why it's called the silent majority. The ringleaders need the strivers to do everything, and so they become a very special group, just like the rebels are a very special group. But the rebels need support because life is made to suck for them. They're canceled, they're excluded, they're made examples of, they're attacked, etc., etc. And since they are in that circumstance, they need primarily doubters because the normies aren't paying attention, the strivers aren't going to do it, and the ringleaders certainly are not going to do it. The only group in this that could do this is the doubters. So the doubters come up and whisper their moral support. I could never stand up with you. Let me tell you, somebody who hears that a lot, I don't like hearing it. And I've talked to hundreds of other people who are standing up, and I can't find one of them that likes hearing it. We're glad you secretly support us, but it doesn't help us at all. In fact, it keeps our lives very dangerous. And so it would be much better if you actually spoke up. And the longer you wait, the worse it gets. So you should speak up now because the more people who start speaking up now, the safer it gets for everybody speaking up and we actually can win. If you're too scared to speak up, so here's a type of doubter that's never going to wake up but does want to do something, doing other forms of support. Moral support's not worth a whole lot. I'm just going to tell you. Material support, whether it's time or whether it's uh, financial, is helpful. It's not as good as standing up. I would rather you keep every cent and open your mouth than give money to people who are opening their mouths. But if that's all you got, rebels have got to wake up doubters to support them or to join them, one or the other. If all you can be convinced to do is throw a few bucks this way or that as quietly and invisibly as possible, bless you for that. At least it's something, but I hope you'll open your mouth. So what are the rebels? How do we fight back against the woke? Well, operationally, here's what the people who are actually rebelling are trying to do. Number one, they're trying to discredit the ringleaders and often the strivers. They're trying to reveal that they have an agenda, that they are not operating in the benefit of most of the people that they have mystified, that they're not selling a good deal. As a matter of fact, that they're benefiting themselves. So they're working to discredit and expose the ringleaders. This is very important because this shifts the dynamics, especially within the strivers to a, to a degree, as we'll talk about in a second, the normies and the doubters. When doubters become convinced that this is a big ripoff, more of them will get courage to speak up. When normies become awake to it, many of them will start to doubt. When strivers convi are convinced it's a bad deal that the ringleaders are offering, they'll defect. 
and we want them to defect. So the second thing that the rebels should be trying to do, this is your strategy. Rebels, people who are fighting the system with a capital S, should always be trying to discredit the ringleaders, expose them, explain their manipulations, show what's going on, discredit the ringleaders, discredit the cravenness of in, in, in the uh, lack of scruples maybe of the strivers, but primarily the goal is to convince the strivers that they're operating in a bad deal, that the ringleaders are going to betray most of them or that what they're building is not actually that good of a thing um, and that they actually had a better deal available to them by being, you know, people without scruples in the previous system, that the new system is actually a fraud and that most of them are going to get ripped off by it. Because the goal really is to get a few of them to defect, at which case, at which point, I should say, in which case you've started a chain of dominoes. Uh, third, people that are fighting this should be working to wake up and demystify the normies. In other words, it is to get the normies to engage with the information and then to start to absorb the information so they can understand what's actually going on. This is a lot of what happens in these kinds of podcasts, these shows. This is what Tucker Carlson was so important for. It wasn't that he was saying the truth and giving a nice palliative uh, experience to people who are in the know, it was that he was on a gigantic cable platform that was reaching norm normies, mostly boomers, and convincing them that something is badly wrong in this country, at which point many of them start showing up to other things. They, in a sense, become doubters. The people showing up to public talks, for the most part, the people supporting podcasts like this one, for the most part, are already doubters or rebels. So what they need to be is emboldened. They're lacking courage. They need to be encouraged. And then finally, the rebels actually need to, as much as possible, support one another, recruit help. But also, they have another very important function, which is to make sure that uh, potential new ringleaders don't emerge from their ranks and jerk us into a pit, because that happens all the time. These are very important things. But this is a general strategy. One more time real quick. Discredit the ringleaders by exposing them, convince strivers that they have a bad deal at hand, even if that includes by exposing them for their cravenness, wake up and demystify normies, embolden doubters to take action and support one another, recruit help, and keep new ringleader uh, tangential uh, reactionary movements from emerging from the rebellion ranks. Ringleaders will not like when the rebellion starts to happen, as you can tell. And their primary tools we recently covered here on this podcast is DARVO, deny, attack, and reverse the roles of victim and offender. In other words, they try to flip the script. They become the good guys and the rebels become the ringleaders, right? It works because it's actually easy to paint rebels as ringleaders. They're out there doing things like emboldening doubters. They're out there demystifying normies, which they'll say is mystifying normies. They're feeding you conspiracy theories. See? They're conspiracy theorists, teaching people conspiracy theorists, so theory. So we have to suppress misinformation so the normies don't wake up. That's what's going on with that. And so it's easy to paint the rebels as ringleaders and doubters as actually closeted inverse strivers. Strivers who are striving in only in secret through shadowy means like giving money and support and sharing articles quietly with whatever. It's actually easier than that to convince the kind of sleepy normies that the uh, that the, the rebels are actually the real ringleaders. They're the real problem because there are actually real reactionaries among the rebels every single time. The more people who have moral courage and actual moral fiber who are actually genuinely interested in a good, healthy society rather than their own advantage that speak up, the harder it is for reactionaries to get 
traction in the rebellion space. On the other hand, when nobody's willing to say anything, it's only a handful of types of people, the kind of genuinely rebellious and the kind of people who are actual reactionaries who want to take us into their tyranny instead, who are going to speak up. So you don't want to have a vacuum of reasonable voices. If you're a reasonable voice and you're in the doubters, you need to start speaking up. We have to be able to box out the reaction, not just because we don't want the reaction, which we shouldn't and don't, but also because the problem is, is that the ringleaders are going to use the reactionaries as proof that what the whole thing is, is actually this huge reactionary movement into a different ringleader pit. That's actually fascism is usually the word we hear. So meanwhile, what's going on is the reactionaries that are within the rebels are actually counter ringleaders. They are ringleaders in a counter operation. Their goal isn't to actually stop the transformation of society. It is to transform society their way. So their goal becomes to grow their ranks and eventually entice the strivers into deciding that the true better deal lies with them instead of with the, uh, the, the current ringleaders. And this is a big problem because if they start to get effective and powerful, they might. The strivers are not ideologically committed to the thing, whether it's woke or whatever, that they're pushing. So when a big, say, post-liberal reaction comes along and it looks like they're going to be able to make giant business deals, they'll defect. The strivers are just going to go where their best opportunity is. They don't care what the system is. They just want their kids on top of it. So they don't care if they're pushing woke because that's where it looks like the wind is blowing. They don't care if they're pushing Hitler because that's where it looks like the wind is blowing. They don't care if they're supporting Mussolini or Franco or today's reactionary right movements if they were to get enough momentum and power using the woke thing. Once the woke starts to look like a liability and a bad deal, you're going to see defection of strivers into other programs. And so reactionaries as counter ringleaders are not really rebels. They're not rebelling against the system. They're trying to capitalize off of it for themselves and become the new ringleaders. Okay. So instead of working to convince people, people that the ringleaders deal is bad and that they are mystifying the normies. They're going to mystify the normies in a different direction and attract the strivers to themselves. So this is the issue, right? Because strivers don't care which system they're in and reactionaries can take advantage. If I were to draw this out on like a spectrum, ringleaders on the one end, rebels on the other as a line with five dots. Here are the, the ringleaders. Then we move right by one spot, maybe. Here are the, the strivers, one, right by one spot. Here are the normies, right by one spot. Here are the doubters. And we go right again. And here are the, the rebels. The thing is, is that the rebels is actually would have to be split into two pieces like a V. One of those is actually true rebels and one of those is reactionaries. And that the there's actually two dots in the strivers sort of because there's the strivers going this way and there's the strivers that are willing to go that way or leaning will, will lean that way so you end up having this loop where the strivers can be f- siphoned off and flip the entire thing around and by the way this is why horseshoe theory is true the reactionaries are actually ringleaders and they're say it doesn't matter if it's right wing left wing left wing right right wing it doesn't matter how you orient that the two pieces are the same that's why the ends seem to touch but the fact of the matter is is that the people who are truly rebelling against the tyranny are against both of those so i don't know if you can picture what i described in my head but i hope you can but what it means is that the rebels not only have that strategy that i told you they also have to fight a two-front war against the ringleaders and the strivers and the on the other side and the ringleaders and the strivers coming up as a usurping reaction, what the Chinese call uh, the usurping sun energy, the counter ringleaders. So 
on top of their regular operations, which is to discredit the ringleaders and expose them to convince drivers that they're operating in a bad deal, which is actually the most important part of counter operations is to convince the strivers, to convince CEOs, to convince politicians that when this goes bad, it's going to go real bad for you. And if you get out ahead of that, it's not going to go as bad for you, but it's going to go real bad for the people who waited too long. So you should probably bail out sooner rather than later. And by the way, the system before was getting you really rich. These promises that the ringleaders sold are false. That's the kind of thing that the strivers have to be convinced of. And then you offer them golden bridges out. So hopefully that they become strivers in a open and free system as opposed to some new tyrannical system that the ringleaders have come up with. So we discredit the ringleaders. We convince the strivers they're operating in a bad deal and would be better to defect from it. We wake up and demystify normies, hopefully to turn them into doubters and rebels. We embolden doubters so that they will become rebels. And we that's called red pilling, by the way, is when you wake up normies and it's more red pills or whatever when you embolden the doubters. And then we have to support each other and box out the reactionaries. So this is basically what's going on. So rebels need to keep going. Don't quit. They want you to quit. If you're already standing up and speaking, I know you're tired. I know you're exhausted. I know you're getting fatigued. I know you're frustrated. They want you to quit. They want you to feel that way. They want you to demoralize and flop out back into a doubter or into just somebody who's completely disengaged, effectively a normie who's not doing anything one way or the other. So you have to keep going. You also have to... Marshal your emotions. Don't give in to desperation and fear. Don't give in to the temptation to reaction and desperation. You have to stay the course, hold the line. All these things that we've talked about are seen as archetypes and kind of military uh, holdouts, these desperate moments. Now, doubters need to find courage, and they should be encouraged by people like the rebels who have it. But if you're a doubter, if you think, you know, I support people who are speaking up, but I couldn't do it myself, you need to start considering speaking up right now. And if you can't, you need to start figuring out how you can support people who are because it's shameful what you're doing. So you need to either become rebels or supporters. So you could pick two different kinds of doubters, rebels, uh, potential rebels and supporters. If you're going to stay a doubter, you need to become a supporter. Doubter is not good enough. Normies need to wake up. If you're a normie and you think, oh, I just stumbled upon this and, you know, a lot of weird stuff's going on and I'm not, you know, I don't really want to get involved. You need to wake the hell up. This isn't how this works. We're going through a cultural revolution. You need to start doubting. You need to start supporting. You need to start rebelling. Figure out how much you can figure out what's going on and figure out how much you can dedicate to helping stop this thing from happening. Strivers, you need to actually understand and realize young people, you're the red guard. You're you're a striver, even if you don't know you are. You're a moral zealot striving to uh, succeed in this new moral false morality that the... Uh, that the ringleaders, the woke ringleaders have created, for example, you need to realize your deal is bad. They're going to put you in the gulag first. They're going to get rid of you. They don't need destabilizing entities, which they've turned you into on the other side of the revolution. If they get their power, you're done. You're done. You're locked in your apartment. You're, you have no social credit, whatever it happens to be. Or historically, you get sent out to the fields. Strivers in business your business is either going to become one of the handful of monopolies or you're going to be crushed. You're going to be bought out. You're going to be, if you're not completely compliant, completely towing the line, completely without any freedom or latitude, 
you're going to get ejected. This is where this system goes. This is a bad deal for you, except for a very small percentage of you who get to get welcomed into the ringleader group. You have a bad deal in front of you. If you're in the airline industry, the travel industry, the shipping industry, you're, kill, you're being asked to, your fossil fuels industry, you're being asked to kill your own industry for the ringleaders. Where do you think you end up? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, because the people pushing the, the current tyranny are Hegelian and the reactionaries tend to be Hegelian too. So your choices aren't that good with either one of them. And the deal is that Hegel said history uses people and then discards them. So when you're done being useful, just like the woke red guard, you're going to get discarded. Okay. So it's going to go bad for the vast majority of you. You need to start making some plans if you're a striver listening to this and you need to strive to save your own neck from what you're actually helping to bring about. Ringleaders aren't going to stop. They're all in. They can only double down. They can only therefore be exposed and discredited so that you, the strivers and the normies will drop them and the doubters will realize this matters and start to stand up and rebel and the, the rebels will feel like they're making progress and stay encouraged. So that's a map to how to fight back. I know these are supposed to be short. This is 30 minutes. Deal with it. Um, I think that this is a profound way to think about how movements work and how people relate to movements. And you need to locate yourself within this. And if you heard what needs to happen for everybody, if you're already a rebel, you know what your strategies are. Discredit the ringleaders, uh, convince the strivers that they're operating in a bad deal, wake up normies, embolden doubters, support one another, box out potential rival ringleaders uh, out of your movement. These are the things that you must be doing and you must be doing constantly. And with kind of vision of what you can do, I think, um, I think you can feel more encouraged, uh, and, and, and more certain about how to proceed. I think that this is a very reliable map for dealing with the circumstances. I've already just in the past few days been poking around, thinking about employing it and I'm finding that I feel a lot more successful. So I hope you'll take it to heart and give it a try.